بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره السلام على الحسين وعلى علي بن الحسين وعلى أولاد الحسين وعلى أصحاب الحسين ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, we have tawfiq to continue our study of Divine Universal Laws or As-Sunanul Ilahiyya. We said one of the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He supports the believers and their quest for the truth and for establishing the truth and I said uh, Ayatollah Misbah in his book Society and History mentions seven groups of verses about this and we already mentioned three groups one was about the nature of the truth and the nature of falsehood by their very nature truth remains is strong is firm is something which is uh, connected to reality but falsehood is void is weak is illusion confusion is deception this was the first the second was we mentioned that Allah has promised to assist people who work for him for truth the third which we discussed last night was about the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to particular cases that he helped we mentioned verses about Prophet Musa Allah Nabiyyana wa alayhi and Bani Israel. We also mentioned verses about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Muslim community. Now we want to start with the fourth group of verses, inshallah. And this is about the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a kind of promise to the people of the truth that they would have good of dunya and good of the hereafter. Not just good in the hereafter. Even in dunya, of course both of them are very important, but even in dunya. For example, in Surat Nahl, the B, verses 41 and 42. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والذين هاجروا في الله من بعد ما ظلموا Those who have migrated for the sake of God after being oppressed like Muslims in the time of the Prophet they were killed or tortured, their properties were confiscated, they were not given freedom to practice Islam, they were forced to worship idols, so they had to migrate, they first migrated to Habasha, to Ethiopia, and then to Medina. So, وَالَّذِينَ حَاجَرُوا فِي اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا ظُلِمُوا Today also we have many people in the world who have to leave their home country because they are under prosecution, under uh, you know killing, there is war, and if they leave there, they have no peace. 
لنبوئنهم في الدنيا حسنا الله سبحانه وتعالى says in dunya in this world we talk about the hereafter afterwards but even in this dunya لنبوئنهم we give them a good settlement حسنتن لنبوئنهم في الدنيا حسنا means even in dunya we help them to establish themselves to have a good place so there is a promise of support for the people who are committed to the truth but then the pressure reaches that much that they think they can serve the truth better by changing their location so Allah helps them in the new location وَلَأَجْرُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ Had they known, they would have understood that the reward in the hereafter is greater. So they would have something beyond their expectation in the hereafter. الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا عَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ these people who have migrated for the sake of Allah after being oppressed, they need to be people who are patient and trust God. So, patient means someone who is continuing and remaining persistent. And they should put their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the verses 30 and 31 of Surah Fussalat, I already mentioned verse 30 when we had a discussion about uh, the angels coming and giving Bishara to Mu'mineen. We talked about this in another session for another purpose. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا those who say our Lord is God. It looks very simple. Rabbunallah. But the whole world <laughs> comes under this sentence. If someone says Rabbunallah, it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qulillah thumma If you just are committed to the word of Tawheed, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say to people of Mecca, قُولُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلَحُوا This is one word, but also one world. <laughs> Everything is under this. All our life should be manifestation of رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ our Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We receive guidance and instructions from Him. And we try to please Him. And we know that in this way we have, would have the best of dunya and the best of akhirah. Very simple. Guidance comes from Him. We try to please Him. And then we get the best of dunya and akhirah for ourselves and for other people. Then you have to take this into every aspect, family, business, study, economic, politics, everything, international relations, everything, labor, rights, whatever, everything comes under this, Rabbunallah. But then they are persistent, because it's not easy. First you think it's easy, but then you would see that either your own Desires come on your way and want to stop you or other people's interests and selfishness would not let you easily practice this. The angels would come to them and tell them don't fear and don't grieve and receive the Bashara of the heaven that you have been promised. This is the ayah that we talked about it for another reason. So this is the way that the angels look at them and evaluate them and give them Bashara.
But as I said, maybe they don't understand this. Yeah? It's not that when angels come to someone and talk to someone, they would necessarily understand. Therefore, they still keep worrying. Like for example, we have in Hadith, إِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَ أَجْنِحَتَهَا تَحْتَ أَقْدَامِ Something like this. The angels spread their wings under the feet of the seekers of knowledge. This is not physical wing. It means that they show their humility and respect. And also they try to support someone who is walking, going to take lesson, to teach, to do mobiles, and someone who is seeking knowledge. Do these people realize that the angels are with them? If they had not heard this hadith, maybe they don't realize. But the angels are there. Each of us has now angels that are responsible to write down our amal. Do we realize that? Not necessarily. So, angels come to these people and tell them, لا تخافوا ولا تحزنوا وأبشروا بالجنة التي كنتم توعدون But maybe they don't understand. But what is for our discussion very important in addition to being surrounded by angels or angels coming to them is this sentence nahnu awliya'ukum fil hayat dunya wa fil akhirah the angels tell them we are your awliya we are your partners in wilaya I don't want to say we are your guardians because uh, this is a big discussion. What is Velaya? But at least I can say we are partners in Velaya because Velaya can be vertical, can be horizontal. Velaya between Mu'minin, Velaya from top to the bottom, from bottom to the top. All of them are Velaya. If you want, please refer to the lectures on collective nature of Velaya that are online and the paper I have. But anyway, angels are part of this camp. Not only Allah and Messenger of Allah and the Hujjah of Allah and Mu'mineen are in the camp of Wilayah. Angels are also part of this camp. And they say, نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ In dunya we are with you. We are standing next to you. We are working with you. Shoulder. My shoulder and in the hereafter so this shows that there is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to support people of the truth even in dunya in different ways and by different means the fifth group of the verses are the verses that promise victory in dunya and being dominant in dunya. One verse is this verse. 139 of Surat Al-Imran. Chapter 3. 139. Don't have any sense of weakness. Vahn means to be weak. Don't let weakness or feeling weak capture your heart and mind. You are not weak. When this happens, when you see the problems, when you see challenges, when you see manpower of the opposite side, their instruments, resources, techniques, then you feel you are outnumbered and you know you are outweighed. Allahumma inna nashku ilayka faqda nabiyyana wa ghaybata waliyyana wa kathrata aduvna wa ghillata adadna Many things are against us when it comes to quantity. 
but you should not feel weak. And you should not be sad. As I said to you before, this psychological condition is very, very important. Two people or two groups in the same condition, the same number, the same resources, the same, I don't know, training, the same weapons, everything the same. If one of them is calm and the other one is not calm, makes a big difference, huge difference. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't feel weak, don't grieve. You are those who are the highest. If you are believers. So if you believe in the truth. And therefore, if you believe in yourself also. <laughs> because mu'minin should also believe in themselves. Believe in the power that Allah has given them in the dignity that Allah has granted them. If you are believers, you are the highest. وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ So, when we deal with the problems, we should not let pressure make us think that we are equal or lower. We are, inshallah, if you are, of course, the people of truth, we are in the camp of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we be equal or lower? It's impossible. Just we need to make sure that we are, we are really in the camp of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in the course of history, we have seen many, many people who have thought they are doing something good, but indeed they were misguided. Shall I inform you who are the people who are in the greatest loss? Who are the people who are in the greatest loss? Those people whose efforts are misguided means they make efforts but in the wrong direction. And they think they are doing good. There have been believers in different faith, and Islam is not an exception, that they thought, at least superficially, maybe if they were really digging their conscience, they would realize, but at least superficially they thought they are doing something good. Khawarij is a very good example. But we have Khawarij today, and no faith community is immune. Any faith community can suffer from this problem because it's a human problem, human condition. That you think you are doing something good, you think you are on the side of God, but reality is that you are just harming yourself and other people. You are not with the truth. To be with the truth is not easy. Many people claim that we are with the truth, we are with the justice, we are defending Quran, we are defending Islam. Many people claim this, but you see sometimes even they fight each other. So how can two people, both of them be on the side of the truth and both fight each other? So at least one group, if not both, at least one group is not on the right side. To be with the truth needs sacrifice. To be with the truth needs training, needs to... Be able to compromise about your personal interest so that when a time comes that you think this is interest of Islam, you can be trusted. If for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I have put my foot on my ego and I have always sacrificed my interest, then inshallah I can have a hope that maybe... Now I can speak in the name of Islam and the interest of Ummah and interest of humanity. I can be on the side of truth. But people who have always had whatever they wanted and they have always enjoyed their life and had no sacrifice, never compromise about their own interest. 
How can all of a sudden they speak on behalf of Islam? It's very, you know, risky. The same is with every faith. Anyway, antumul a'laun in kuntum mu'minin. If you are the believers, really, not by lip service, you are the highest. In Surah Al-Hajj, verses 38 to 41. Inna Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defends the believers. We have to make sure that we are the believers and Allah would defend us. This continues and then Allah says, أُذْنَ لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى نَصْرِهِمْ لَقَدِيرٌ You know, Muslims in the beginning, they had no right even to defend themselves. Till this ayah was revealed. According to this ayah, Allah gave them permission to defend themselves. أُذْنَ Permission has been given. لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ Not يُقَاتَلُونَ يُقَاتَلُونَ Permission has been given to the people who were fought, who were being killed. بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا They were oppressed. So unjustly they were killed. Allah gave them permission to defend themselves. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى نَصْرِهِمْ لَقَدِيرٌ And Allah is very capable to help them and assist them. الذين أخرجوا من ديارهم بغير حق. These are the people that were forced to leave their home, to de- to leave their town unjustly, without any consideration of the truth. بغير حق. There was no right for those people to force them to leave. What was their crime? إِلَّا أَنْ يَقُولُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ They had no crime, no sin, except that they were saying, Our Lord is God. Had they stolen money? Had they killed anyone? Had they done any mischief? No. They just said, we don't want to worship idols. We want to worship our Lord and we want to listen to Him. We want to please Him. This was the crime of Muslims. In the eyes of the mushrikeen, this was a big crime. Why you say Rabbun Allah? You say the same thing that we had Rabbun Allah. Alladina qalu Rabbun Allah. لَهُدِّمَتْ صَوَامِعُ وَبِيَعُ وَصَلَوَاتٌ وَمَسَاجِدٌ First we said Allah defends the believers. Then Allah says, had it not been that God uses some people to stop other people, mosques, churches, synagogues, monasteries would be destroyed. This ayah shows that these places of worship are sacred and everyone must protect them. A Muslim must protect church and synagogue. A Christian must protect mosque and synagogue. A Jew must protect mosque and church. Any person from any faith, if he is a lover of God, must protect any place in which God is worshipped. Even if it is another tradition, we have to respect. If you really love God, if you say, no, I only love my own place of worship, then it shows that you don't really love God. Is it better people go to a church or synagogue or monastery or mosque to worship God or yes, they stop worshiping altogether? These places of worship are a spiritual power plants. And this is something that has kept, alhamdulillah, still despite all the challenges, hundreds of millions of people through these places of worship are connected 
to God, are reminded of their servitude to God. So everyone should appreciate these places of worship. Had it not been that God defends by using some people against others to stop them, lahuddamat sawami'u wa bi'un wa salawatun wa masajid. Churches, synagogues, monasteries. Monasteries are also important. And mosques would have been destroyed. These are the places in which God is frequently remembered. Yes, people may remember God in a park. People may remember God on the street. In their home. But these are the people, places that Because these are places of worship. When a place is dedicated to prayer, to worship, different people go and they bring their love for God to that place. That place becomes blessed and sacred. And Allah is helping the people who help him. The ayah then continues. Because my time is very short. And I want to finish this sunnah tonight. I just go to the last part of verse 41. And the end of all affairs belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he decides and grants Success. Another verse is the famous ayah that you are all familiar with. Again, it's a promise of victory in dunya. Surah Qasas, verses 5 and 6. We have this will, Nuridu, this is ongoing, this is not something in the past. Nuridu, this is an ongoing will and decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have his favor upon the people who have been oppressed to bless them and make them leaders and the inheritors of the earth and establish them on the earth. We want to give them power, we want to establish them on the earth. So, again, if you remember that point which I said, don't just look at immediate success. We are thinking that there is one ongoing battle between haq and bottle, to truth and falsehood. And what is important is that every step that any committed person makes should be successful as a step towards that final success. So, so this is the success that we want. Not that I want to see the end of this line in my life. That's not something that is wise to expect. In Surah Nur, verse 55 and verse 56, Those of you who have faith and do righteous deeds, Allah has promised you to bring you to power and make you inherit the power and the governance not because you are interested in power. Power is not important at all. What is important is that you would be able to establish justice and give equal opportunities to people and let people without fear and worry practice their faith. The same way that he has done this to the people before, 
So this is not something happening only once and at the end. And he would establish the faith that he is pleased with. Then instead of fear, they would have security. They would have safety. So, so we don't want power, na'uzubillah, to oppress others, to put pressure on them, to force them to become like us. No, this is just in order to be not under fear and zulm. This is a kind of liberating power. يَعْبُدُونَنِي لَا يُشْرِكُونَ They would worship me and don't, uh, they would not associate anyone to me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and He says وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةِ وَأَتِيُ الرَّسُولَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ Establish prayer and give charity. In Islam, prayer and charity always come together. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in the ayah, previous ayah that I recited from Surah Hajj, الَّذِينَ إِنْ مَكَّنَّاهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ أَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ وَآتَوُوا الزَّكَاةِ وَأَمَرُوا بِالْمَعْرُوفَ So whenever someone is established, you have to see that he is establishing prayer and giving charity. Community is also like this. Ummah is also like this. So, the first thing that we are supposed to do after we are established, after we have some power, after we have some financial stability, whatever, is not just to pray. To pray and charity. And not just charity. Charity and prayer. Both of them together. And not just a little prayer. Iqamatu salah. The sixth group of the verses is about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in the end Islam would be dominant. But what is Islam? First, let me read the ayah. This is a very important point. There are misconceptions and we have to clarify. In Surah Tawbah, verses 32 and 33. They want to extinguish the light of Allah with their mouth. People think, by blowing, they can switch off and extinguish this light. But this light is not something that one or two or million of people, you know, can extinguish. Allah doesn't want except to complete His light. So sometimes I say it in this way. I say by actually blowing into this fire, this fire becomes stronger. <laughs> this is the beauty of faith. This is the beauty of truth. That from outside, no one can challenge it. And the more they want to challenge it, the more they expose it. Enemies want to expose the truth and the truth becomes stronger. <laughs> yes, if you expose battle, battle will be destroyed. But truth, what does truth need? The more people are engaged, discussion, debates, arguing, even if they attack the truth, but they are open in their hearts, it's good. There is chance to explain. But if they just attack and they don't want to understand, that's another issue. This is their problem. As far as the truth is concerned, we should not be worried about any criticism, any debate, any question, any external challenge. 
And history also shows us this. That the truth, by being challenged, becomes stronger. What we have to be worried is about bottle presenting itself as truth and deceiving people who have short-sightedness, have no knowledge, no access to ulama. This is our worry. Ayatollah Mutahari has a beautiful point about philosophy. He says, one of the people who served development of Islamic philosophy is Fakhr Razi. You know, Fakhr Din Razi. He is called Imamul Mushakkakin. He was the leader of the people who were creating lots of doubts, especially about philosophy, because he was mutakallim, and one of those mutakallimin was against the, against philosophy. But his questions, his attacks, objections, only made Islamic philosophy more and more developed. If we didn't have questions raised by people like him, then Muslim philosophers didn't have anything to discuss. Sometimes people, by bringing questions, they serve. The only thing is, they should be open. If they ask questions, they should be happy to listen. Many times I have mentioned this incident uh, in, remaining in my mind. I remember once, many years ago, in Manchester, we had a hot you know, time uh, in some discussions happening in Iran and being reflected in our community in Manchester. And one of the ulama came from Iran. And normally when we had uh, visitors from Iran, so many people uh, were coming. We had many students. And sometimes they used to ask difficult questions, especially about you know current affairs in Iran from these people who come from Iran. I saw one of the students... We had about 200 PhD students at that time in Manchester. So one of the people that I knew his uh, you know, kind of line of thinking wrote a question and put where they were collecting the question and left. And I was surprised and still I can't forget. What is the point? You put question and you leave. So it means that you don't want to understand. You just want to raise this question and challenge the speaker. If you really want answer, either privately you ask or you give the question to be asked in front of other people. But what does it mean that you give the question and then you leave? This is the problem we have today also in the world. There are people who raise their questions, but they are not there to discuss, or they don't raise it in a suitable environment. If I have questions about philosophy, I should raise it to philosophers. If I have questions about fiqh, I should raise it to jurists, to mujtahids. Not that I have a question, then I raise it in front of people who are not experts in that field. So this is not fair. This is not actually a scholarly. Yes, you can just maybe gain some popularity, some support from people who don't know. Yes, mashallah, this good, looks a very good question. But if you really want truth and understanding, you should raise it with someone who is in that field capable of answering and be listening and you should pray that inshallah or oh Allah please help them to answer my question if I am after the truth I should be happy that I raise a question and objection I get the answer 
Not that I pray, inshallah, that no one can answer my question. Some people are very happy and proud of themselves if they have a question that no one can answer. Why? Do you want to show off or you want to understand the truth? So, by challenging the truth, truth just becomes better. Ya'ballah illa an Allah just wants to complete His light. Our only concern is what? Is that either batil manages to present itself as truth or people in the camp of truth do things that people of battle do and internally extinguish this light. This is the worry that we have. Otherwise, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, اليوم يأث الذين كفروا من دينكم فلا تخشعون فلا تخشعون بخشعون Don't fear them. Fear me. Means by you doing something which is not right, I may take this ni'mah away from you. And I have been saying many times when it comes to light of Imam Hussein alayhi salam, it's the same. Because this is a branch of the divine light for guidance of humanity. This light of Imam Hussein, which is very special light, because it is meant to do something great in Akhir zaman and not only for Muslims, for all human beings. This is a special light. This light cannot be challenged by people from outside, people who don't believe. This light is more challenged by people who are in the camp of Imam Hussein, but may not do things properly. No one from outside can challenge. No Umavid, Abbasid, Saddam, no one, Wahhabis, Daesh, no one can challenge this light. But the only people I think can challenge this light are the Shia themselves, if they are not careful. If we are careful, alhamdulillah. If we are not careful and we do things which are not proper, then people through us want to look at this light. So instead of us being catalysts, we become filters. And don't let this light reach people. They become barriers. A Shia has one of the two choices. Either you facilitate this light reaching out, or you block the light. How you block the light? By your bad behavior, by your bad akhlaq, bad logic, bad approach, by doing things in excess, by doing things which don't make sense. Then you are blocking this light because people say, if this light has had this impact on them, which I don't like, so why I should go near this light? Of course, this light, mashallah, is so powerful and there are, alhamdulillah, sincere mu'mineen that, alhamdulillah, if it is blocked here, goes from another way. But what is the guilt of those people that are near you? <laughs> That's the problem. So you cannot be happy that, alhamdulillah, millions of people are, you know, every year uh, coming to know about Imam Hussein. It's not satisfactory. Why you don't say, unfortunately, there are billions of people who don't know Imam Hussein still properly. And we have had not one year, not one decade, not one century, not 10th century. We have had almost 14 centuries. We had enough time. Alhamdulillah, whatever has been done, now let's start fresh by just thinking. And rethinking, what can we do to show this light to the people of the world? And everything that we do, we should check. Is it serving this purpose? Or it's neutral? Or it is harmful? If it is neutral and you really love it, okay, carry on. 
But at least don't do anything which is harmful, anything which is confusing people. Or anything that may give this impression to the people that this is not ours. This is good, but it's yours. You know, if we put too much flavor of our own customs and cultures, and for example, if we make it too much Eastern or too much Middle Eastern, then someone from West may say, okay, this is very good, but this is good for you. We should not let Anything take away universality of Hussein. It's important. If it is not harmful, keep it for yourself in your majalis. But at least have some part of your attention and resources geared towards presenting Imam in a universal way. And facilitate this light to reach other people. Of course, especially through our good behavior through our manners and through public relations. Public relations is very important. You cannot just say, okay, we have to be good, but it's up to people to find out. There are so many distractions in the world and so many false attractions in the world that you have to introduce yourself. Otherwise, people may not come to know about you in their life. You cannot say, it's enough, you know, if we do our things properly, sooner or later people come to know. No, it's not enough. Because there is so much propaganda, so many messages in the world that we need to present ourselves in a way which is appreciated. Then it's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Last category. Okay, sorry, let me clarify also this point uh, because I don't want any misunderstanding. Then Allah says, God is the one who sent his messenger with guidance and deen al-haq. Religion of the truth. So that makes this religion of the truth dominant over all religion. This is a very important ayah. We have similar ayah also in Surah Saf. What is this? Some people think this means that Islam will be dominant and will destroy any other faith. Or atheism. No place for Christians or Jews or other people of faith. No place for atheists. And Islam is going to be dominant. But this is not what the ayah is saying. The ayah is talking about deen al-haq. Not ad-deen al-haq. It's not the true religion. It's religion of the truth. The question is, or the main question is, that the truth will be dominant. And any group which are committed to the truth will have a share. Opposite to religion of the truth is what? You tell me. What is opposite to Dinul Haq? Dinul Batal. Therefore, at the end, doesn't say "Walu karahan nasara wal yahud." Says "Walu karahal mushrikun," because mushrikun are those who are not committed to the single absolute truth. So, no matter how much pressure would be put on believers in God. Believers in one transcendent absolute reality and the truth. All these efforts that believers throughout the history have done under prophets and messengers and saints and friends of God would lead to the establishment of the truth. The truth becomes clear. Even if people of falsehood don't like it. So this is the point. I have explained this further in some lectures about unity of God and unity in God.
I think I stop here and inshallah we continue tomorrow tomorrow would be our final session we want to finish this plus I want to quickly mention Sunan which are about bad people inshallah bismillah So now we try to have a remembrance of the tragedies of Ahlul Bayt after the killing of Imam Hussein alayhi salam. Assalamu alayka ya Abu عليك مني سلام الله أبدا ما بقيت وبقي الليل والنهار ولا جعله الله آخر العهد مني لزيارتكم السلام على الحسين وعلى علي بن الحسين وعلى This is very sad story. Yaqulu Sayyid ibn Tabus rahimahullah wa tasabaq al-qawm ala nahb buyut ala al-rasul wa qurrat ayn al-zahra al-batul after they killed Imam, they had a competition among themselves in attacking the tenant and the tents and robbing and stealing. <laughs> Then the daughters of the Prophet, the granddaughters of the Prophet came out. They were helping each other to cry for Hussein and the Martyrs. Qala Hamid ibn Muslim. وَرَأَيْتُمْ رَأَةً مِنْ بَنِي بَكْرِ بْنِ وَائِلِ Hamid ibn Muslim who is one of the narrators, one of the main narrators of the events of Karbala says I saw no one was helping these women. I just saw a woman from Bani Bakr ibn Wail who was with her husband. فَلَمَّا رَأَتِ الْقَوْمِ قد احتملوا على نساء الوزين وفزداتن وهم يسلبونهن خزد سيفا When she saw that they are attacking the ladies and the tents and no one is doing anything She took a sword and said يا آل بكر ابن وائل she addressed men of her tribe, Atuslabu Banatu Rasulullah. Are you letting the daughters of the Prophet being attacked? La hukma illa lillah. Ya lasarat Rasulullah. But her husband came and took her.
so they put as much as pressure that they could on the ladies and the children. Then Omar Sad sent the head of Imam Muslim on the day of Ashura towards Kufa, but kept the others till today, 11th of Muharram. And then they decided, he sent the heads, and then he decided to move the Ahlul Bayt towards the Kufa. ثم سار ابن سعد بمن تخلف من عيال الوزن then ابن سعد himself on the 11th of Muharram decided to go to Kufa taking with him the captives from Ahlul Bayt وحمل نساه على أحلاس أقطاب الجمال. He asked the ladies and children to be on the back of camels without sandals, and they treated them as if they are kafir, as if they were people who had no faith. But the ladies had one request. They said to the enemies, "بحق الله إلا ما مررتم بنا على مصر الحسين." We ask you to take us one more time to the battlefield to see where the bodies of the martyrs are there. So they took them towards the maktal, to the katlga, to the places that the bodies were there. فَلَمَّا نَزَرَتِ النِّسْوَةُ إِلَى الْقَتْلَةِ صُحْنَةِ When they saw the bodies, they started crying and lamenting. The narrator says, فَوَاللَّهِ لَا أَنْسَى زَيْنَةِ بِنْتَ عَلِيهِ By God, I can never forget the condition of Zainab. وَهِيَ تَنْدُبُ الْغُسَيْنِ وَتُنَادِ بِصَوْتٍ حَزِينٍ وَقَلْبٍ كَيْبٍ She was crying and lamenting for Hussein with a very sad voice and very sad heart. She was talking to the Prophet, Ya Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Messenger of God, may the salutations of angels be upon you. Haza Husaynun, Muhammadun Bedma. مغطوع الأعضاء مسلوب الإمامة والرضا وبناتك سبايا. She gave a very quick report to the Prophet. This is your Hussein covered with his blood. His body is made into lots of injuries and organs separated his amama his cloak and turban are taken and your daughters are taken as captive el allah el mujdaka wa ila muhammad el mustafa wa ila ali el murtada there was no life, no living person to take the complaint to, her, to him. So she is taking the complaint to the Prophet and Amirul Mu'mineen and Lady Fatima and her uncle Hamza. Ila Allah al-Mushtaka wa ila Muhammadin al-Mustafa wa ila Aliyin al-Murtada wa ila Fatima al-Zahra wa ila Hamza al-Sayyid al-Juhada Ya Muhammada Aza Hussain bil-Ara محزوز الرأس من هالقفا.
بأبي من أزهام وأسجرون هبا May I be ransomed for the one whose army was defeated by enemies بأبي من فسطات مقدع العرى May I be ransomed the one whose tents were destroyed بأبي من لا غائب فيرتجى ولا جريح فيداوى May I be ransomed of the one who is not absent so that we hope for his return or he is injured so we have hope for his treatment so lady Zainab continue to the extent that فأبكد والله كل عدو والصديق even the enemies started crying when they heard Zainab ثم إن السكين بنت لوسين سألت من عمتها Then Lady Sukaina asked her aunt, Who are you talking to? Because the body was not clear. I am talking to your father, Hussein. As soon as Lady Sakina heard this, she just threw herself on the body of Hussein and took and embraced the body of her father. Again, all the enemies cried. Umar said maybe was worried that his army are going to be all changed. So said, make her away from the body of her father. Instead of being kind with her, letting her to condole herself at least, a few men went and forcefully took her away from the body of her father. نسألك اللهم وندعوك باسمك العظيم الأعظم العز الجل الأكرم وبالقرآن المستحكم وبدم المظلوم يا الله 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 يا رحمن يا رحيم يا رحم الراحمين يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك وكفنا يا قاضي الحاجات ويا كافي المهمات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد او الله please send the best of your salutations to محمد وآل محمد Please send the best of salams and salawat to Abba Abdullah and the martyrs of Karbala. Please forgive all our sins and mistakes and shortcomings right now. Please give us tawfiq to serve you, serve the truth, serve the virtues with all our power and might. Please enable us to be always on the right path along with as many people as possible. Please protect us, our children, our youths, our families, our communities, our ulamas, 
our teachers, our volunteers, please protect any person who is helping the cause of the truth. Please give shafa to all people who are ill. Please give shafa to the people who are in hospitals. Please give shafa to illnesses that we have in our heart and minds. Please send your rahmah and maghfara to all mu'mineen and mu'minat from the beginning of history to the end. Please have a special rahmah and maghfara for those who have rights upon us and be so kind and merciful with them so that they would be pleased with us. Please bless our parents who are alive with healthy and dignified life and keep them always happy and pleased with us. Please make our Imam Zaman happy and pleased with what we do and think and plan. Please include us among the people that Imam always prays for their success and tawfiq. Please enable us to serve our Imam before and after he comes. And please make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين.